Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you. Hopefully, you're doing well today. Happy New Year. How many of you stayed up till the New Year last night? Some. Yeah, I, I, I cheated. I took a little nap during a movie we were watching and then woke up right at 11.30. And then, and then I had a choice to make, though. Um, do I watch the football game that was on or do I watch the ball drop? I toggled back and forth for a little bit, but then chose the football game. Um, and it was a good, it was a good game. Um, but all that to say, hopefully your yesterday was filled with, um, with special people, with fun moments, with some sweet, sweet time, with good food, all those different things that we think about when we think of New Year's Eve, um, but we're here. And I, and I really do think and a lot has happened in the last week. Um, hopefully you had a, a great Christmas. Um, hopefully your time celebrating again Christ's birth was, was um, and, then, and then all the stuff that happens during the week of from gifts and travel and family and all those, those things. I, I wish we could go around and like go, hey, what was your highlight um, of the last week? But we definitely don't have that much time uh, to do that in this context, at least. Um, but hey, good to see all of you. My name is Nick Schreiber. Um, I'm the, the care pastor here at New City. And again, just want to welcome you. If you're visiting today, we're so glad that you, you're checking out New City. We're so glad you're starting your new year with us. Um, if you're watching this online, um, we're just glad you're joining us from wherever you are. And we pray a blessing over you as well, um, wherever you're at today. Um, you know, 2023, we're here. Um, I hope, hopefully, one of the thoughts that we think of when we step into a new year is just thinking about how grateful we are, or how, or, or how grateful we ought to be, how good God has been, that we made it to another year, and no matter what might have come in 2022 for you or for us, that we step into a new year, and we have a lot to be grateful for, and, and may we not take it for granted. Um, also, it's times like this, it's days like today, it's seasons like this season where, where hopefully you get some time to think about what happened, you know, think about highlights, think about what God has done. I know we spent some time around the table as a family going, hey, what do you think about when you think of 2022? What, what were some of the highlights? But I also know it's, it's a good time to think a little bit about what's coming, what's ahead, what's the Lord drawing you towards. Um, but in the midst of it, then, looking back, thinking about what's ahead, we sit in a room like this today, and we're here, we're present. And hopefully the Lord is again working right now, even in your heart and your soul, to kind of just remind you of, of his presence here with you and with us today. And that's good. He's here, 2023. Hey, I'm going to invite us to pray one more, one more time here in just a moment. But before I do, um, I just want to let you know that this is today. It's a standalone message. This is a New Year's message. Um, next week, I invite you back. We're going to be starting a four-part series that we're calling Train Station, which is all about kind of moving towards or pursuing the mind of Christ, transforming our minds. Um, and so I invite you back for that. But, but today, I'm primarily going to point us to just one verse. I, liked, I like the simplicity of that 
for this morning. Um, it's one of my favorite verses. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So if you have a Bible with you or a, or a copy of the Scriptures, you can start turning there. And really, I'm going to use that verse to kind of point us to, to one, one encouragement. Uh, I'm going to talk through the verse, um, share some thoughts, but also ask some reflective questions for us as we go along. So that's where we're headed. But let me pray. Let me pray for us one more time as we quiet our hearts before the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for allowing us to be here. We again, um, we thank you for life and breath. May we not take it for granted. We do pray that you would allow us to, even in this moment, steward well what you've given to us. And you've, you've revealed yourself to us. You've given us a new day, new year. And so I pray that you'd speak to us. May your voice and your word be that which we cherish. And might you um, speak to us now in a way that might, again, draw us closer and further to, to seeing who you are and your role in our lives. We, we, we give you the glory and we give you this time. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Stepping, stepping into a new year, how do you do it? Where does your mind go as you approach a new year? What do you think about? And I've, I've seen over the years many different ways to go about stepping into a new year. And I've done and I've tried many new things. And so you think about New Year's resolutions, you think about New Year's goals, you think about the bucket lists that you can make, you think about what's that word that I step into the new year with and claim or, 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 or just kind of cling to, and we, we come in and go, this is the year, this is 2023, this is it, it's going to be great. And, and usually our resolutions, you know, if we were honest with each other, oftentimes they do circle around, hey, I'm going to live healthier, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise more, I'm going to lose weight, uh, I'm going to get more organized, uh, I'm going to do a new thing as I read the Bible, I'm going to do a new plan. And so you start thinking of all these things, and honestly, those are good, and those are right, they're not bad. Uh, I, I'm thinking about all those things. My mind goes there. But I also think, could there be something else, could there be something greater as well for us to be thinking about as we step into this new year. I started thinking about this back in 2020. Do you guys remember what, what that year was like? What's interesting is I started in 2020 in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I had taken about 15 other students from the church here uh, to, to what's called the Passion Conference. And there was about 65,000 other college students, young adults, and I was a leader, so I wasn't that young, but I, this was just a few years ago. But we were there in December 31st. We were in the stadium. We were worshiping. We were, there were speakers. It was this amazing time. The ball drops. They even did their own version in the stadium, and we're entering the new year. And, and it was a two- or three-day conference, and it was amazing. And we ended up coming back with so, such ambition, so many great plans. Again, I think it was really helpful for me to start a year that way, where you're, you're singing, you're thinking about the Lord, you're, you're thinking about things like surrender, we're thinking about things like, Lord, I want to live for you this year, but little did we know what would come. And I think back to that 
that moment that year because as you remember, man, the year shifted. Global pandemic hits and, the, and, and just the, the things that that started. Now again, 2020, was a, there was a lot of sweet things, but, but I think about that moment because you and I, we don't really know what is going to come this year. 2020 started out great for me. I mean, I had that conference. My favorite football team won the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it was, everything was moving. For, and then COVID. Things shift. How do you do church? What do you, how do you lead? How do you lead your family? How do we do school? So how do you step into a new year when we have no idea what the year holds? We don't know what's going to happen. This upcoming year could hold more, more bad than seemingly good. And no matter how our heart is right now, will we be able to say, Lord, blessed be your name no matter what may come? But it started me thinking, is there something more foundational than resolutions or plans or bucket lists that might move us through the, year, through the new year no matter what might come, no matter if my plans or resolutions die after one month, will there be something even, even more foundational that will drive me? And so here's the idea I want to propose, and then I'll go, to, go on to explain it. Here's, here's the idea, is that what if we were to pursue a New Year's posture rather than a New Year's plan? What if we were to pursue a posture rather than a plan that would be our frame and would be our guide? Now, now, posture, when we think about it, we think oftentimes physical posture. One of the reasons why I wanted to sit today is because I want you to keep seeing me go like this. There's something about posture. Sit up straight. And oftentimes, you know, we think about physical posture is the position by which you, you have your body when you sit or when you stand and the way you hold yourself. But even more so than physical posture, along with that, I think we use that phrase to think about this this kind of behavior or attitude or a way of life, a way I want to live or a way I want to come across into, into whatever situations. And, and so what's the position or what's the way I want to come into any situation with? What's the posture I want to walk with um, as a behavior, as an attitude or as a way of life? That's what I mean when I pose the question, what if I were to be, dire- be directed by a posture or this way of life this new year, what would it be? This idea, again, started to take on flesh during 2020 as I started to read 2 Corinthians. And I came to chapter 4, and I hit this verse, and this verse, it just stuck with me. And it became for me what I call my posture verse. It became for me the verse that when I think about this season and this, this, new, this new year, this day, and I go, all right, what do I want this? My mind goes back to this verse. And it becomes for me, again, I think what becomes more foundational even than, than all the other things I'm thinking about. Because if those things change, I want this to remain the same. And so if you have your Bibles, I'd love for us to look at this verse. Again, it's one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Here it is. This is Paul writing. And he says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we, are, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Maybe we'll memorize this verse today, just even as we talk through it and see it. Um, so it's one verse. You might already see in the, up on the screen, you might see it has three clauses, right? And the three different clauses, I have A, B, C, or one, two, three written next to them if you're taking notes. It kind of helps me remember, helps me think about it. The three different clauses, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as your, as your servants for Jesus' sake. So you see those three. And, and again, just a note about preaching. Uh, when Paul is saying there, preaching does mean proclaim. It does mean herald. But it's, it's not restricted to just the sense that you see up here today. Like I'm preaching now from a, from a stage, from a, from a podium or table but this preaching, this proclamation is, it's a way of life. It's, it's as I go, wherever I go, what's the words, what's the demeanor, what's the, what's the posture that I, that I give? Because we all are preaching something. We all are speaking something. There's a message we're all giving, and what is it? And we see here, Paul is saying, this is my way of life. And for me, it was, this is Paul's way of life here. And may it be mine as well. And so let's, let's think about each of these clauses for a second. First one, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. So a question you might be thinking, I, I ask myself is, so how would someone preach about themselves? Well, you probably see it all over the place. We even fall prey to it at times. Look at my goodness Look at my accolades. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at, look at well, just follow my way. Because again, again I, 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 I know what's right. Think about my, uh, like, this is the right way because I think it's my, this is my opinion. And we all can preach about ourselves. And, and at times we do. And you go, look at my skills. Look at, this is, look at my security. I've done it. I've made it. And we can end up speaking or, or coming across as, hey, who are, we, who are we elevating? And Paul says, we don't preach about ourselves. Now, the context of this passage is that there was these false teachers that had come into the, the mix here in the Corinthian church, and they started to uh, raise doubts about Paul as an apostle because they pointed at Paul's life, and they said, look at all his... Look how much he suffers, and look at the way he lives, and look at the way he speaks. He doesn't come off as polished. He's always being persecuted. He's not a very eloquent guy. And they, and they ended up, they would, they would speak about themselves, and, and in the way, they would then call into question Paul's apostleship. But at the same time, they would add things to the message of the gospel. And they would manipulate it. They would add things. They'd add the law. Even in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul refers to these false teachers as super apostles. Look at these super guys, these guys that all they do is talk about themselves and they, they peddle the word of God for profit or for their own gain. And, he, and, and Paul says, this is not, this is not what, what we do. We do not preach about ourselves. 
And now Paul did have to learn the hard way because Paul lived that way for a long time. And Paul, if you remember Philippians chapter 3, there's a whole litany where he says, man, if anyone had reason to preach about themselves, it was me. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was the most zealous person. I obeyed the law. I was perfect at it. I was blameless. But then he has an encounter with Jesus. And that changed everything. But I would just cause us to think about, think about it in our own world. Think about this posture. What would it be like if you say, you know what? I'm not going to preach about myself by the way I live. So when I step into that meeting, when I step into that classroom, when I step back home from work or from, from school or whatever it is, when, I, when I'm so tempted to, to take credit or elevate myself or try to, try to push again my way, what's it like for me to say, I'm not going to preach about myself. It's not about me. That's the phrase. It's not about me. And the word associated with this, this phrase, too, I think, is of, of humility, of, of, of lowering yourself, thinking about the other person. And so what's it like for me to walk with that demeanor of humility? So it's not about my goodness, it's not about my authority, it's not about my accomplishments or how many celebrities I've run with, how many home runs I've hit, how much I've accomplished, and so I don't go around preaching about myself. But what do I preach about? This is the second class. I preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's my main focus. I preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's my heart. How do you think walking through our days, how do you think that phrase changes everything? How do you think that that posture affects everything else? Um, and again, I just, just even, just at the very outset of this, this clause, think about what has Jesus done for you? What's he done for me? He's shown us so much mercy and grace, unfailing love, gives forgiveness when we don't deserve it. He sacrificed himself for you and for me. He took our sin on the cross. And Paul has this encounter with Jesus on, the, on, that, on that road, and, and, and it changes everything. He says, I don't preach about myself, I preach about Jesus Christ as the Lord. The, the words associated with this clause I think of is I think of faith, I think trust, I think of lordship. Jesus isn't just some teacher, but he is Lord. His words hold sway over my life. I think of obedience, I think of submission. And so this phrase that Paul says that honestly gets, that's, gets taken by God's people and says, this is now our, 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 our call. Jesus Christ is Lord. This is our message. This is the content of everything we do. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's a phrase about his deity. Him claiming his, that Jesus is Lord is saying he's God. So the crucified Christ that was then raised to life, is, he is proven he is Lord. He is God. But it's a statement of lordship. He's the way. His word holds sway and authority over my life. So everything he says, I come under. But it also is a phrase about the gospel. 
this phrase, Jesus Christ is the Lord, is a phrase about the power of the gospel. That, hey, it's not me. Like, preaching about myself isn't going to change anybody. But what's going to show people the light of God is Jesus being Lord and what he's done. And that ends up driving everything that Paul ends up doing. So again, the question for you and I, how would remembering that, no matter the situation, change the posture by which we step into whatever we do? So you step into the meeting, you step into your house, you step into that context, that relationship, you step in here and you go, it's not about me, it's about Jesus Christ as Lord. And then you have this third clause. And I make myself your servant for his sake. Talk about posture. This is a servanthood at its core. This is the word that I think of when I think about this last clause, is servanthood. I think about uh, giving myself to others. I think about meekness and gentleness. I think about making myself a servant. Um, this is what Jesus did. This is how he lived. Where in, in Matthew 20, what he say? He says, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my, la- my life as a ransom for many. John 13 he, he, he washes his disciples' feet. He takes the posture of a servant. He grabs the towel. He grabs the basin. And he says, do you know what I've just done for you? He says, what I've done for you now, I, I'm, this is what you ought to do for others. And knowing Christ transforms the way we step into situations. It transforms the way we see people. So when I step into a context now, I'm thinking, I'm your servant. How do I serve you? How do, I, how do I serve you in such a way that it displays Jesus? The only way that Christ will be made known to others is if we, if we bring Christ to others, we speak Christ to others, or we model Christ to others. And so may the way I serve bring the fragrance of Christ to you. Now serving could be helping it could be doing that thing that nobody else wants to do. It could, be, it could be getting on your hands and feet and doing something that's dirty. But it also could be encouraging. Lord, when I step into this context, how do I encourage somebody? Because that serves them. How do I, how do I speak truth to them? Because that serves them. How do I point them to the gospel? Because that serves them. And so how do you think about how, Lord, everything I do, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And I make myself their servant for your sake. And so that's those three phrases. That becomes the posture of, of, of who I hope to be about. It's about humility, it's about Jesus, and it's about servanthood. And often there's a way of going, all right, I look in, Lord, keep me humble. I look up, Lord, it's about you. And I look out and I start to see people, hopefully in the way that Jesus sees people, where I look and go, hey, how can I serve that person today so that they might know Christ and so this idea, again, of posture over plan. I can do this in any situation. Now, again, I'm not saying plans aren't important. Plans are great. I'm a big plan guy. I have some new ideas for my Bible reading plan. I have some, some goals as a family. We've talked about some, some financial things we're talking through as a family. We're, we have it all. But again, what I'm saying is I need to place them under something greater, And the greater, again, you can have a different word for it, but my word for it is there's this posture, Lord, that I want to step into in whatever context so that I don't need to maintain the 30-day streak to be motivated. I don't need to have the checkbox to stay motivated. I don't need to have this. I, I just need to go any day I can wake up and go, 
These are the, this is the posture I want. I want it to be about you, not me. I want to preach to you wherever I go. And I want to serve others. Because I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss the greater things. Because plans change. Plans get disruptive. Disrupted. But our posture before the Lord and our posture before others should never change. Now, I also will add one more caveat. I'm not saying that this one verse out of all verses in the Bible is the posture verse. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is this is my posture verse. And it's been the verse that's helped me frame things around this idea. And I enter each day, and hopefully people would say of me, man, he lived for others. He didn't live for himself. He lived for Jesus. And, but it might be a different verse or idea or theme for you that helps you move into this posture idea. But I do wonder for you, what might the posture be that the Lord wants you to sit with or pursue or embrace? What might the Lord be nudging you with? And let me just offer a few helps. Because again, that verse is my posture verse. And hopefully, it might, maybe you'll take it too. That'd be awesome. But maybe today you're stepping into a new year and you're battling fear or shame or doubts. Well, there's this, this verse, Psalm 3.3, again, just, a, just as a help. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Talk about posture. When you feel those, the fear or the shame or the doubts, there's this idea of picturing the Lord saying, hey, I'm with you. Look up. Lift up your head. Don't be ashamed. I've forgiven you. Or I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Look up. And I lift up your head. There's something cool about that. Or maybe you're sitting and going, yeah, that, that idea of humility, I need to cling to that. Well, John 3.30 could be a phrase you cling to or this idea of posture. Again, it's more about a posture than just a phrase, but this idea of he must become greater and I must decrease. Or maybe you need to remember whose life you're living or who lives in you. Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's who I live for. Or maybe you need to remember your great mission, your great calling, and that we don't need to be afraid no matter what. There's this idea, Philippians 1.21 says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Maybe that's, maybe that's this posture where it's about you. And, and Lord, what's the worst that can happen if I die? I'm with you, but I'm gonna live for you as long as I'm here. There's so many more we can point to Maybe you already anticipate this year being a hard year. And so maybe the posture you, you come to the Lord with is this idea of trust and submission. I just want to give us a couple moments here. I, hopefully I've already been doing this. But just want to ask you three questions. They'll be on the screen. Just want to encourage you to take some time to reflect. First question is this, how are you entering this year? What's the state of your soul right now? How would you, what would be some words you give to just even your soul right now? How are you entering this year? 
Second question I've been thinking about is as you enter the year, even before you get to this idea of posture or whatever, as you enter, what might you need to lay down? What are you coming in this year with that you've been discerning? The Lord's been working on your soul or on your heart, and, and he's, he's nudging you. You need to lay this down. What is that for you? And then the last question, fitting with our theme, is what verse or idea or theme might capture the, the posture you want your life to be described by? What is that? And then, and then filter everything else under it. And then ask for the Lord's help. We're not going to be perfect at it, but ask for the Lord's help in it. Posture over plan. That's the, that's the thing to reflect on today. And the challenge for you and I is may we pursue a New Year's posture over a New Year's plan. And may the Lord help us walk in it. Hey, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you again for the way you give us opportunities to even think and reflect and have a quiet moment. I do pray, no matter where we're at today, that those, those, those different phrases, this idea of, it's not about me, it's about Jesus, and I make myself their servant for your sake. I pray that you'd help us to cling to them as a posture. But whatever it is, God, that, that you're working on us with, I just pray that you'd help us to be able to lay it before you. And God, would you take that seed and grow it this year? No matter what may come, may we live for you to glorify you. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.